Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is yet another waitingfornextyear.com official podcast. We are back with you, Josh Plohan, Joe Gilbert, to talk about Hugh Jackson. No, I'm kidding. Well, we might talk about Hugh Jackson, but it's not an emergency podcast for Hugh Jackson and the news that broke earlier. Although I wish it was. Uh, we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And this podcast, like always, is brought to you by the Evergreen Podcast Network. NFL Draft Ascended. It's not the... Luckily, I guess it's a good thing that it's not the Browns Super Bowl anymore. But nonetheless, we are here to recap the draft, talk about the, what's ahead in the offseason. This anything and everything Browns and I guess for Browns coaches as well, because we have to talk about Hugh Jackson. It's just, <laughs> we can't pass it up. So, Joe, I know I can't stress it enough how important Joe was for us. And he covered every single draft pick for us. I think it was a seven altogether. Nine, nine. nine altogether. Nine. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Joe, Joe Gilbert is, in the wise words of Kevin Durant, this is the only positive thing I'll ever say about Kevin Durant. He's a re- Joe Gilbert's a real MVP. Um, but yeah, so I figured what better way to have Joe have Joe on the podcast with us and just recap the draft. I mean, I don't know much about many of these guys. Joe knows a lot more than I do, even if it's a little about some prospects. But let's just go one by one. Um the I know uh the Browns obviously didn't have a first round pick. They don't have a first round pick this year, next year, the year after for uh, the trade for the Deshaun Watson. So it's Thursday night was boring, at least for the Browns fans. Yeah. I kind of still like watching the draft just because I don't know. Yeah, it was, like, it. it was a it was an exciting first kind of kind of a lot of people dropping. The quarterbacks weren't going. It was kind of it was a lot, a of, lot of trades. And speaking of the first round. I think I would have been irritated if the Browns had a first round pick because uh, at 13, like four receivers oh, went before pick 13. And I would right, have been so yeah. angry with myself. We would have been stuck with like Traylon Burks and all that, like all that kind of tier. It, yeah, it was. It would have been a really frustrating kind of situation. And I would not have wanted that, honestly. Not Traylon no. Burks. Not with how loaded this draft class was. Right. But let's let's just get right into it. Uh, pick. I can't even think of pick. They traded down, so they were supposed to have pick thirty. Am I forty-four? Right? They were supposed 44. To, oh yeah, pick forty-four, and then they traded down. Which, in the end, I mean, that was one heck of a trade down for Andrew Barry. He got three yeah. picks for one, and it ended up being three solid picks. So at pick forty or pick forty-four, let's just talk. I can't even think of uh, Alex. Right? No. Uh... no. Martin. I'm so off right now. Sorry, I'm so off. I'm going through like <laughs> st- your stories right now, trying to get them in order. Yeah. Oh, Mar- okay. so Martin, Martin Emerson, cornerback from Mississippi State. People questioned it first, but mm-hmm. looking back, it looks like Andrew Barry and Co. knew what they were doing because shortly, it was either Friday night or Saturday afternoon, they traded Troy Hill back Saturday. to the Rams. Yeah, Saturday. So yeah, everyone was like, "Why are you picking a cornerback with your first pick?" And it ended up being that third round. But why are you yeah. picking a cornerback cornerback with your first pick? And then 
come to find out, it's because they needed a cornerback. It's almost like they, the trade was done before it was announced, I'm assuming. They probably had the framework of it. So now, talk about Emerson, what he brings to the Browns, what he might do for the Browns, et cetera. Yeah, he's a he's a good athlete. He's he's one of he's kind of a different type than what we have in the in the quarterback room right now. Uh, he's a tall guy, really long. Um, he's six two, I believe it is. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of nice to get a little different versatility in there. Um, he was a bit he's a bit uh, early in my opinion, but um, they obviously liked him. They kind of liked his versatility and different size. Um, it's always good to have a bigger quarterback in your room uh, to kind of match up better. But um, yeah, it kind of the uh, that trade, just going back to the trade, um, it, it was a little frustrating, obviously, kind of passing on the guys that were at 44, like Sky Moore, George Pickens that I was high on. Um, but in the end, it kind of as the day as the kind of days went on, it kind of made more sense. Like the looking at what the three people, three guys they got out of those picks, and then just seeing um, that Troy Hill trade, it kind of kind of made it a little more a little bit more to understanding. Um, I still would have probably kept it and kind of picked one of those receivers to see, get an immediate impact, but I understand that the value was just probably too high for him getting getting that many guys on there. Uh, getting that many picks for uh, 44 was probably too much to bass up. But, yeah, overall, I liked it. It was almost like a reminder that you shouldn't judge a pick immediately when it happens. Because I know, I mean, I do it. I think as fans, especially Browns fans, we love to do it. Like, judge them, (laughs) boom or bust immediately. And little did we know, like, they knew that this trade was coming. Let's be honest. It didn't get announced until Saturday, but they knew the trade was coming Friday night. So it's almost, and even now, I mean, it's so hard. It's, I guess it's easy to judge a draft pick immediately, but really Mm -hmm. like you have to give it like at least two, three years to see if they pan out. Um, I don't know, but then that takes away like so many people's jobs, let alone us (laughs) blogging. If we just don't judge a draft pick immediately. Right. Yeah, you like I. I always I don't like giving out grades. I think they're kind of stupid. But you, it's more. It's not evaluating the player. More like just where they've taken is what I kind of do. I understand the player and all that, but like just who was on the board, who would you rather have, and seeing if that guy probably could have made it to the other like another pick. So that's how I kind of evaluate the evaluate picks there yeah and, oh sorry i thought you were done Continue. no yeah yeah it's just yeah that's so that's why i i 40 that was probably the first pick martin was probably my least favorite one i didn't i don't hate it but i understand it um but i just would have gone in a couple different options but i understand it yeah and i mean i know you said you don't really like grades i don't mind grades i like I get it from like a writing perspective, just because it's something easy to write about. But mm-hmm. the thing I can't stand in regards to any draft is freaking player comparisons. It is the oh, absolute yeah. worst. Like, yeah. oh, this guy has the next. Like he has the ability to be the next Josh Allen. Like who cares? How can you compare that? I, he's I like a he's him. like a he's like a third rounder, and he's Josh Allen. Yeah, it's like well, in, NFL, sense. NBA. MLB even. I mean, there's yeah. always like every draft it seems like who's the next LeBron James. Yeah. No one's the next LeBron James. Right. Just like yeah. they are who they are. So yeah, yeah I, I don't mind 
player grade just because it's something that you need to write about. But I wish we can put an end to player comparisons. <laughs> but on to the next one. Uh, to finish off day three, the I was going to say the Cavs. Day two. The NBA, or day two, I mean. Um, Friday night, the Browns selected Purdue wide receiver David Bell. As an Ohio State fan, I know a lot about him. Uh, I think, I mean, he, it's crazy how much testing matters. It's almost like if you were compared to like school. Well, Alex Wright is first, just to go. Did I Alex totally Wright mess is, it up? Yeah, he I, was the I pick. totally messed it up. All right, so let's do He was the second, I'm third a, rounder. I am a horrible host because I already crossed off Alex Wright I'm in my mind because I said it earlier. I'm a yeah. horrible host. We'll go back to Alex Wright. But okay. David Bell, so 99 overall. Yeah, Alex Wright was 78. Duh. Um, <laughs> it's almost like David Bell got A-pluses throughout the quarter, like if it was a school, and then uh, failed the final exam and finished yeah. with a C. Because if you don't know, David Bell lit it up at da- or lit it up at David, lit it up at Purdue, but then he had very, 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 very bad testing at the combine. I think he ran like a four seven. His yeah. measurements weren't great. Like literally, nothing was great at the combine. Which is, I mean, maybe in hindsight, it, it's I obviously want a faster wide receiver, but in hindsight, maybe it's good that he tested poorly because it allowed the Browns to grab it. Grab him at 99. If he would have tested better, he absolutely would not have been available at 99. Yeah. He would have been one of oh, like definitely. the top 10 receiver, let alone the 16th receiver taken. So, yeah, just tell us yeah. a little bit about David Bell. Yeah, I, I actually did this kind of comparison yesterday. Um, he's he seems like the almost the exact opposite of our last receiver that we took last year, uh, Schwartz. He's kind of he's kind of a, like the polar opposites, like. David Bell was highly productive at Purdue, as any Ohio State fan would know. Um, three years of production, which is great, and it's just uh, it's just the athleticism. Um, Schwartz, on the other hand, wasn't super productive at um, Auburn, but he had the just freakish speed. So that's how I kind of compare it a little bit. Um, I love the pick Purdue uh, for David Bell. Um, he, I think he's a perfect guy for the slot. Um, you don't really want him out outside, maybe, um, it, though he can do that. But uh, just it's it probably just give him a little cushion, uh, not having him kind of beat press coverage because he can do that with his route running. But in the NFL, it's going to be a little bit harder, a lot harder actually, um, to do that without with just kind of average athleticism. So just get him in the space, and then he's he's very tough after the catch. Um, he has he does have solid speed overall. It's not like breakaway or anything like that, but he can make people miss. But and he's super strong for a guy his size. Um, so I, I really liked him. Just you kind of you kind of just have to you kind of have to bank on that production. It's like you can't just throw that production away. Three years high production in the Big Ten. It's it's hard to ignore, and um, he's got it and. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, how he plays because he's got everything else that you would want in a receiver. He's got great hands, great ball skills. Um, he's he's a physical receiver. He's a good route runner. Um, he's just not a super athlete. So it's uh, similar to Jarvis. Um, not too not like exact kind of matches with Jarvis Landry because I think um, I think David Bell's a little bit better. Uh, 
ball, ball skills and hands, um, consistency at least. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they play them. Um, but I, I love the pick. Yeah, I love it too, and I'm glad you brought up Jarvis because I know a lot of people compared him to Jarvis off the bat just because they'll pl- probably play similar roles. I think the ceiling for David Bell with the Browns is Jarvis Landry, or at least what Jarvis Landry brought. But I know former waiting for an extra guy now with the OBR, Jake Burns, said that you can't really compare the two just because mm. their body types are different, the speeds yeah, are different, different. Just like stuff yeah. like that. But um, now I just lost my train of thought. I was going to say something else. Oh, David Bell, he had like a 4% drop rate at Purdue, which is one of the yep. lowest. And I think it was it was either in his career or last season. So, I mean, he catches almost everything that comes to him. I mean, you yeah. he might be slower, but if he can get open and literally catch anything within the vicinity, mm-hmm. that is a huge thing, especially when you think that the Browns already have Amari Cooper and right. DJP, or DJP, uh, Donald Peoples-Jones, and just, I mean, yeah, hopefully. He makes, he makes contested catches, too. Which exactly, is, yeah. Which so is a highly maybe, ideal. Hopefully his contested catch rate and drop rate are two things – two most glaring things that make up for that lack of speed. Yeah. Yeah. And his route running, I think can do that too, because he, he got open because of that in college. Um, he, he runs very good routes. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see him kind of, I think he could, he could be um, of the kind of the young guys here. He could be one of the more productive guys from year one. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I think just as, just the way he he went in and at Purdue and just dominated from day one. I, I think uh, I think he can at least produce a little bit in year one here. Yes, and before we move on, the draft or the selection of David Bell at ninety nine, does that do anything for? Well, it doesn't do anything for Amari Cooper and DP. DP. I mean, I cannot. I'm just gonna say Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, <laughs> does it do anything for Anthony Schwartz or any of those lower guys on the depth chart? Not really. I, he's kind of a unique guy. That's he doesn't really match any of the guys' other skills. Like Schwartz is that deep threat speed guy. Amari's the number one, and Donovan People Jones. He's a little bit closer to Donovan Donovan's uh, skill set, but um, I still think uh, I don't think it'll kind of affect him because we're, remember we're we're out. Jar, Jarvis Landry's gone, so um, someone's got to pick up that spot. Not uh, yet. Well, right. yeah, sure, not yet, but I don't know. I I just have a hard time seeing Jarvis being back. Um, I could see maybe another receiver like a Will Fuller get a little bit more speed here, um, but I I don't know if they'll go towards uh, Jarvis. But we'll see. I think they'll get somebody. I do say that. Same, and I hope it's a speed guy like Will Fuller because I mean, you already have enough like possession guys. You need like a deep downfield threat. Even though Will Fuller it seems like he's been hurt more than half the season every year he's been in the NFL. But I'll take eight games of him, please. (laughs) So on to the next one, even though I skipped him because I said it first and I completely forgot about him next. (laughs) Uh, Defensive end Alex Wright from UAB. Brown selected him at 78. It was their second pick Friday night. Second pick of the second pick of the night. Tell me what, I mean, defensive end, we all know that the Browns need defensive ends. They, mm. It's a very yeah. lackluster room besides Miles Garrett. Obviously, Miles Garrett brings a lot. But besides Miles, right. they have nothing right now, although it seems like Jadavion Clowney will be back. I mean, I'm still in the belief that 
they have like a deal with them, but they didn't want to announce it's, it prior to the draft. I agree with that. Yeah. So even with or without Clowney, what does Alex Wright bring to the table? Yeah, he's a he's a he's kind of a he's kind of a work in project progress, but his just like kind of the the traits that he has it could be quite a quite a find in the third round. Um, I know a lot of guys at the OBR love love the pick. Um, and uh, they they showcased him, and he's uh, he's a big guy. He's he's got the he's got the length that you would love to have. Um, he's a strong guy. I'm gonna interrupt uh, you quick, by the way, and say yeah. yes, he is a big guy because I had a wedding this weekend, and I was at the <laughs> Hilton downtown, and it just so happened that Alex Wright. I'm assuming probably all the draft picks I stayed at. The yeah, they they were, they were yeah they were. And all Alex, there. I walked past Alex Wright, and I'm six six. I'm a big dude, and I looked at him. And I was like. All right, that ha- one that has to be a Browns player, and two that is a big boy. All right, but continue. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of you kind of love the traits, and it's it's kind of it's kind of fun that he's going to be with Miles Garrett. He's going to kind of train under him, and because similarly they're like big, they're both big big guys, and both really good athletes. So it'll be kind of kind of good to see him work under him. Um, but I, I think he can be a, a produce a producer this this year. Maybe not as a as a starter. Obviously, I hope I hope they don't foresee him being a starter. If he's a that, starter, that, this that's year. a lot. Oh, <laughs> that's a man. lot for a rookie. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think he'd be a, a solid rotation guy. Um, he's got the he's got the strength and the athleticism and the stick in right right away in the NFL. So it's not going to be kind of a kind of a big change for him athleticism wise. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see him kind of develop and all that because he's he's guy with with one of the highest ceilings of probably the highest ceiling of this class, I would say. Here's to hoping that he will be the third defensive end and he can rotate in for Clowney right. and Miles Garrett this year and yeah. learn from those two guys. I mean you can't have two better mentors than mentors than that on the yeah. same team. So he's here's to hoping similar- he can Learn from those two and not have to right. be thrown in the fire because that would not be ideal. Right. He's similar. He's similar to uh, Jadavion, just how powerful he is, you know, how strong he is at the point of attack. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be great if they can get Jadavion back. Please. It kind of, it, it just kind of like his getting him kind of just settles that whole position down. They got Chase Winovich. He can be a good rotational guy. They I got, always forget uh, about Chase Winovich. I know. Right. Yeah, and then you got you obviously got um, you got him now. Um, so it'll be kind of we've we've kind of had to rely on some less than less than talented guys over the past few years. So having a four rotation kind of kind of uh, scheme there would be a would be a good move for him. But yeah, Jadavion Jadavion just seems like the key to everything. <laughs> yeah, which is why I hope Andrew Barry and. Jadavion have like a little hush hush. Although now right. they can they can announce the deal whenever now now that dra- the draft's over. But yeah. I mean that could go from literally like a room like one of the worst position groups for the Browns to yeah. Miles Garrett, Clowney, Alex Wright, and Winovich being like a very very good group Ooh. with depth. It's yeah. crazy how much one guy can affect that. But please, I know who's this right. Clowney. I, I I feel like he just doesn't want to practice. Just, so, he's just one of, hey, he's just he's just one of those guys that I don't blame not him. The off season. <laughs> I don't blame him. And like, it's not like this is like a first time thing where like he's holding that. No, well, he's not holding out, but he's signing a deal later because he did the exact same thing last year. Like, I think he's done it like two or three years in a row. 
<laughs> I mean, if just, it means less practice, at, if it works for him, Maria, do it. I'm all for yeah. it. You could show up on day one of training camp, and I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, so on to day three, and probably if there was one guy that I say would become a fan favorite for the Browns oh, yeah. draft picks this year, <laughs> Perry on Winfrey, Oklahoma interior defensive lineman. If you haven't watched his Instagram live or his press conference following the draft pick yet, please, please, please do. Because one, you might want to run through a brick wall. And two, <laughs> you will realize that he will be a fan favorite almost yeah. instantly. And yeah. I, I can't even like describe it just because it's right. It's crazy. It's amazing. He even he even barked like a dog. It was crazy. He did. <laughs> yeah, he's uh it- even before I heard the interview, he was my favorite pick. I I, I had him in the top fifty. That's how high I, I had. I know. And right? by the he, way, Joe's not the only one because I think there's a, oh, there's no, a I think David people. Bell, but yeah, quite a few people had him at least had in the him top at least 16. around it. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he's he was my third rated uh, interior defense alignment. It was it was a great great value on day started day three. Um, I just I just love his skill set. Um, he's a he's a penetrating guy. He's gonna he's gonna make plays in the backfield. Um, he was out of position for most of the time in Oklahoma. So once you put him in the right position as a three technique, uh, three technique, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see him. Uh, I, I I really have a high I have a high opinion of him. I think he can produce right away. I think he'll be in the rotation right away. And uh, there's really no set starter right now and uh i think he can he can make his way up there uh pretty quickly yeah i'm i mean looking I, looking at I those videos <laughs> yeah seeing the highlights seeing what you said yeah. about him and like what dame broodler and all those guys said about him what a steal i mean i don't yeah it's i like i hate saying that it was a steal just because what we talked about earlier but if like so many people have him ranked much higher than where he got drafted you can't not say that it's a steal. So I'm all for it. I'm right. all for he was, he was in the running for 44. Like so, yeah, it's like, that that too. Right. Everyone's like, yeah, if the Browns would have selected him at 44. It would have been a like it, it would have been, been a, a crazy bit right? of a jump. Yeah, yeah. And then they freaking right. select him at like 108. Like holy yeah. cow! <laughs> right. Does it was, that? It was. It was one of the best steals in the draft. I thought. Yeah. Yes, I completely agree. So that is. They so far the Browns traded forty four and they got um, Martin Emerson who we already discussed, mm-hmm. Perry on Winfrey, and one of the picks that we'll talk about later. Yeah, a little no. bit. Oh, you got all three of them. You got all three. I thought they already had the pick. Then. Oh no, yeah, d- yeah, uh, yeah. That's right. You're right. I was gonna say, shoot, they got all three of those for one dude. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so on to the next one. Um, probably the most questionable pick of the draft, even though I don't really question it just because. No, I don't either. Please, just give me a freaking <laughs> reliable freaking kicker anchor. for the first time since Phil Dawson. Fourth yes. round, second pick of the uh, day three on Saturday afternoon. 
the Browns selected by far the best kicker in the draft, at least according to the rankings, LSU kicker Cade York in the fourth round, which, by the way, if you think about the fact that the Browns traded a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper and Cade York yeah, know, was right? one of three kickers to go in the fourth round, Andrew Barry is a yeah. freaking magician. But tell me why Seriously. Cade York, one, was a solid pick at, in the fourth round, and two, why he was the best uh, kicker in the draft. Yeah, so I have – I obviously can't. I don't know how to evaluate kickers. I don't think anyone really does. Do but, they make kicks or do they not? That's how right. I evaluate them. Uh, but the guys I trust, like Daniel Jeremiah, he was. He actually said during the draft that he was the first kicker he had in the top one hundred and fifty in his in the last ten years. So just kind of talent wise, that's what you're looking at. And then uh, kind of one of the guys I kind I, I love listening to is uh, Pat McAfee. He's a former punter and all that. He he loved the pick too. He loved the the talent of York. So just kind of guys that are knowledgeable on the on the situation. Um, they're very high on York. Um, a lot of most people. Uh, I, I forget who it was, but they said he's he was higher rated than McPherson last year. Um, so just kind of just kind of give you what the baseline of what what his talent level is, and uh, it's just. Um, the Browns have always targeted young guys, uh, young guys that have produced early, and he's he fits that bill perfectly. He came in as a freshman, 18 years old, started right away day one, and he kicked three years there, and he produced some huge uh, game-winning kicks. Um, his leg is extremely strong. I think it's 15 kicks over 50 yards. I forget the exact number. Yes, so, yeah, I think it's 15 as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's he's got the talent, and in in Cleveland, obviously, it's a different ball game with the wind and all that. But getting a a guy with a strong leg obviously helps. Um, and then there's a lot of questions on kickoffs. Um, he didn't do that in LSU. Um, but I forget, I forget there was an article that came out that uh, during practice he would just kick it out of out of the state out of the uh, out of, into the stands. I, and, no, I like out of the stadium better. Right, right. Stadium. That would have been even impressive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he kicked it in the stands, and I, and just in college, they have different um, touchback rules. You can do it in inside the twenty. So I can understand why they maybe didn't want him that strong. But just they were it, trying to save some at, footballs, Joe. All right, all the right. kicks are going outside the stadium. Right. <laughs> right. But if you like, look at um, going like. Um, Tucker, Justin Tucker, he he kicks it out of the end zone almost every time for Baltimore. So, all right, gotta, Joe Gilbert ca- yes. compares Cade York. To Cade York Tucker. is Justin Tucker. Yes, you heard it here first. Please, just give me like eighty percent of Justin Tucker, and that is a solid draft pick. <laughs> that is, yeah, right. That's a pro bowler. <laughs> like, imagine having a kicker that you could literally, like, you can be inside. That would take so much pressure off the OC and even the offense, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're right. inside, like, the 30-yard line for a 47-yard kick. You are, no matter what, getting three points from here. Just don't do anything right. stupid. Right. And how many, how much, how much frustration do we have of um, Kevin's Billions Spansky? of times. Right. Billions. But, like, Kevin's fancy having to go for fourth down, like, in, like in the in that middle tier because the, he didn't have any trust in Chase McLaughlin or whoever the kicker was over the past few years. Yeah, and I mean so. let's be honest, in the NF, like kicking in any time, it's a mind game. So hopefully yeah. he's like mentally prepared. I'm sure he is. I mean I'm yeah. sure they did those kind of. That was and one stuff. of the first things they brought up with him. That, it's that a, kicking him is all a mental game. You just yeah. can't get inside your own head. 
And then obviously like the hash marks and the goalposts are different in the NFL compared to college football. But I'd say like more than 50% of it is all mental. So hopefully, hopefully he succeeds and succeeds early. I know you brought up uh, Evan McPherson from the Bengals. It's crazy how Evan McPherson's rise being perfect in the uh, postseason and being what huge reason why the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like three kickers went in the fourth round and the majority of the reason for that is Evan McPherson. I mean, Evan McPherson earned a lot of these kids, a lot of money. Yeah. It's you can, you can just look at the two teams in our division. They have two reliable kickers and it just changes the game. It makes and we have the next Justin better. Tucker. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Ne- but, and better than Evan McPherson. How about that? Oh man, man <laughs> please just give me a reliable kicker. This is this is sarcasm, guys. I'm not oh, going to jinx so, them. That's so getting clipped. Out. That's getting clipped <laughs> out of context. <laughs> yeah, so day yeah. now we are on to um, day Saturday, three. day three. Brown select, which is a question. It's not questionable. It just brings a lot of questions. How about that? The Brown right. select running back Jerome Ford from Cincinnati with pick uh, 156 in the fifth round. The biggest yeah. question. One, the Browns running back streams are already loaded. We know that. They have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. Why draft a fourth running back? But then you look and say that there has to be something, whether it's in the works or it's going to happen. I have oh, – and not even those three plus Jerome Ford, but you also have Demetric Felton, who's like a running back, uh, running wide receiver hybrid that they drafted last year. Mm-hmm. There has to be a trade coming. I yeah. – and I'm assuming it's not when, or it's not if, it's when, Kareem Hunt or Deionis Johnson had to be getting traded, correct? Yeah. I, I would think so. I don't know, at least, I don't know, traded or cut, but um, I, I'm, th- I'm leaning towards Deionis because he's he still hasn't signed his whatever they call it, the exclusive rights kind of thing, uh, tag that he, he was signed to earlier or that the Browns placed at him. So I would lean towards him being the guy kind of out, and maybe they can get a pick for him. We'll see. I, I don't see teams trading picks for running backs, but we'll see. There's always a Houston. There's always a – Wait, there's hold a, on. There's, Where's Bill O'Brien? Bill right, O'Brien, get a GM job ASAP. <laughs> right. Go to the Lions. I think they or, need it. Who was the Colts GM when they traded a first round pick for Trent Richardson? Although I don't really want the to discuss that. Grigson. I think it was Grigson, the guy that was that worked for the Browns last couple of years, and I think he oh, left then. That explains <laughs> a lot. That explains a lot. Yeah. And then yet again, I mean I don't really yes, it was a steal that the Browns died a first round pick for Trent Richardson. But they used it on Johnny Manziel, so really, really wasn't a win for any, any anyone involved. <laughs> it I think it was a lose lose. We might as well just kept him. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, what? But Jerome Ford, what does he bring? Is he like a speedster? Is he more of like a I'm gonna bowl you over type running back? He's actually similar to to um, Kareem. Actually, kind of. Um, he's he's got the Interesting. speed. Yeah, he's got the speed. He's not gonna. He's kind of he's kind of bouncy almost like you know how he, he like uh, Kareem he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't like kind of he's not that elusive guy he he jump cuts and all that um, so he's he's similar towards that that type but he's still he's still very kind of young obviously I don't think they're gonna trust him right away 
Um, but it, it just gives them another option down there, and it's they're both both Dearness and um, Kareem are on one year one year contracts if they do play this year. So in the end, it's either this year um, or next year where where this makes sense. So I, I understood the pick. Okay, so we might be waiting for next year then. <laughs> Waitingfornextyear.com. Check it out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, sorry, I don't want to be so punny. I'm corny. <laughs> On to the sixth round. Wide receiver Micah Woods from Oklahoma. He, I think he transferred to Oklahoma, though, right? He started his, I can't think of where he started. Yeah, say he started at Arkansas. I think he went one year at Oklahoma. I legitimately, legitimately know nothing about him. But I do mm-hmm. think it's fascinating that this is the third Oklahoma guy that the Browns drafted with Baker on the outs. I know, right? Seriously, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, I before the before like during before the pick came out, I I didn't really know much about him. Um, he's just another body. He's he's really in the running. As I, we talked about it kind of early before the prod, podcast, but this is the year where we might actually have uh, some of these guys just not make the team. Um, he might be one of them. We'll see. And that's to... okay. Hey, right. it's okay to draft a guy and have him cut. It's okay. I promise. Right. Yeah. It, it just means your team stacked. <laughs> your team has depth. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if he can fit in here. Um He's a good athlete, I believe, and he's he's got good height and all that. But um, he was like the third best receiver on Oklahoma, so which doesn't it doesn't it's not it's not a big thing because I think next year they have one of the top receivers coming out. So um, it's not like a slight to him, but it's just uh, his best year was probably this last the his what was that his not this year but last year at Arkansas uh, he produced more, but. He also had poor quarterback play at Oklahoma this year, which, which didn't help. He, he went in the he went in he literally went in the 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 only year that they didn't have good quarterback play. <laughs> he, he just yeah. picked the wrong time. Yeah, but, no, yeah. you brought up um, Oklahoma having like a down year. I mean, him being like the second wide receiver or whatever, and it made me think. Random tidbit: This has nothing to do with the Browns, but the the University of Texas had zero zero. Right. Zero players drafted this year. That is bonkers to me. And Cincinnati had like seven or something, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. It's- I mean, I get like maybe some of their best players weren't draft eligible, which, I mean, makes sense, I guess. But yeah. the fact that Texas had no players drafted is incredible. Shows you how far Texas has fallen, honestly. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And one of the richest it- football, high school football states in the country. And and you had no players drafted in the 2022. Right. I, like, I wonder if you look at just the people that were drafted, how many people are actually from Texas? Probably quite it's a true. few. True. <laughs> quite a few. I bet you some of Ohio State's guys that got drafted are from Texas. Yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Probably any Big 12 team. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of interesting to see that. So on to um, the next pick, 223. And I guess I Woods was the second Oklahoma guy taken. This is the third. Mm. Isaiah Thomas, the five foot nine point guard, that former Cavalier. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> he returns. I, he returns. A, yeah, imagine at him point. Oh my gosh, he would be freaking. He would get dominated in football. But Isaiah <laughs> Thomas, I, it's not spelled the same as the basketball player. Uh, seventh round, two twenty two, two twenty three overall. Ed Rusher again. 
one, like we've been discussing, it's depth. If he makes the team, he makes the team. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I mean, this late in the draft, not every guy's going to make the team. I mean, fifth. Yeah. I didn't even say fourth round on. It's not a promise. Fifth round on, it's really not a promise. But right. tell us what uh, Isaiah Thomas brings to the table for us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I actually like this pick. Um, he was highly productive at Oklahoma. Um, he had back-to-back years of eight, at least eight sacks. Um, he's one of their best pass rushers. Uh, I actually think he'll stick on this team, obviously given the, the need at edge rusher. But I think talent-wise, I think he deserves it. Um, a lot of people thought he would go earlier. So I, I thought it was a great pick. Um, position of need, doubling up at a position of need is always a smart move. Um, yeah, I, I like the pick, and I think he could uh, he could work his way as a de- developmental guy, um, and maybe down the road, kind of be a uh, be a contributor on this team. Now, will assuming that the Browns do sign Clowney, re-sign Clowney, will they keep five edge rushers, or would he make so, the practice squad? So it'll be interesting to see. So they usually take nine defense alignment. They switched each each year. They've switched where the five comes from and where the four comes from. Um, based on just the kind of the talent in the interior, I think they probably will keep four there and go towards five at the edge rusher. Um, depending, this is all depending on Jatavion Clowney coming back. But um, yeah, I think that will probably be the way they go. Um, but yeah, they kind of, I can't really, they have Chase, they have Togiai and then Perry on Winfrey, um, uh, Elliot and then, uh, Taven Bryan in the interior. And other than that, they have, uh, not a lot to talk about. So I can see them just going with four, um, given. And, a, given and some people might question if the group is so not small, but if there's not a lot of talent in the group where I only keep four. And when, when you're going to keep five edge rushers when you have Miles Garrett. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, Joe just said it. They literally don't have a fifth guy that is worth keeping in the interior right. defensive line right now, unless right. they sign someone. I guess they can go out and sign someone. But right now, yeah. there's not a fifth guy worth keeping. Right. And and the, the nice thing is, obviously, this is, again, with Jadavion in mind. Um, they have a lot of guys that are versatile that can play inside. Miles Garrett obviously can play inside. Jadavian can play inside. Uh, the new guy, um, oh my god, I can't think of his name right now. Um, I Chase Winovich, Alex Wright, Alex Wright. Oh, I, uh, I he, thought you were talking about yeah. okay, the no, new yeah. Traffic. okay, yeah, sorry, Alex Wright. Uh, he can, he's big enough to play inside, so they have they have the guys that can actually play versatile roles for him, so that's why I kind of lean towards Edge Rusher being uh, the group that actually has the more guys in it. Yeah, I mean, you can never have too much depth at, at right. just just give me like a guy that is not going to be the next Miles Garrett. We all know that's <laughs> far from the truth because Miles Garrett is the top two defensive end in the NFL. Yep. Him and TJ Watt. I'm not going to have the argument of who's better, but they're top two. Um, <sighs> Miles Garrett. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll have I the agree. argument. I agree. It's not really an argument. That's why I was. Right. <laughs> but I'm with that. The Final pick for the Browns in the 2022 NFL draft on Saturday. Center Dawson Deaton from Texas Tech, number 246 overall in the seventh round. Besides his name being cool, I legitimately, legitimately know nothing about this guy. Right. 
Yeah. He's, he's another kind of athletic, uh, interior guy. Um, the kind of interesting part is they already have two centers and like Nick, Nick Harris seems to be the one that's going to be starting. And then they got a veteran, Ethan, uh, Pilchich, I believe it's pronounced. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, maybe they kind of work him as a, uh, a swing offensive guard uh, center kind of player because he's very athletic, like beat that can maybe possibly do that. But he's also another one that could be cut. We'll see. <laughs> I forgot to unmute myself, but that's okay. I, know, I was like, oh, a no, seventh round happened? pick. I hit M, but I and M took me to uh, the URL. So now I have MLB type time type in the URL. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it's a seventh round pick. Right. I, I can, if you went back and looked, I bet you more than 50% of seventh round picks get cut. Yeah. Or at least to the practice squad. Right. Yeah. They get I, moved to the practice squad. I don't know squad, the research, yeah. but I mean, like, it's it's okay. Browns fans, yeah. I promise you, it's okay if not all the draft picks are on the team. Yeah. And it's just kind of, we're in a position that next few years, the draft is not going to be the, it's not going to be the way to get, like, top tier talent that's going to come in right away. It's going to be used as his death because with all the uh, high price guys on the team, like Deshaun and, and uh, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, all those guys, they can't afford to have like kind of pay the, the lower ends of the death chart. So it's going to be, it's going to be these draft picks. So that, yeah, I would say that said though, too, is that you also need some of these draft picks to turn into something because you're right. I, on yeah. the rookie contracts, you need rookies. Well, right. not you rookies, need them to but produce. you need rookie yeah. contracts that are going to produce because of you're paying Deshaun Watson, you're paying Amari Cooper, Miles Garrett, Denzel yeah. Ward, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You definitely you want to you want to at least hit on some of them. That's why I think that you're going to see over the next few drafts, they're gonna they're gonna take quite a few. There's nine this year. They already have eight, I think, eight draft picks next year. That's even without a first round pick. Um, I, I just think each year they're gonna they're gonna try to get as many kind of dr- picks out of the bucket to just see if someone can kind of kind of work their way out and be a productive guy for them. So he's getting yeah. depth and kind of more chances at the bucket. Yes, absolutely. That's why, like, I don't mind them trading down when they did because they got three yeah. worthwhile picks for the price of one. Right. That's another. Yeah. That's another. It's I, I I know I have to kind of change my thinking about it too. It's just going to be a different way of viewing the draft uh, over the next few years. Not only is it going to be different just because the Browns are so talented in a lot of places on the field, but they're one they don't have a first round pick, and two, hopefully there'll be a playoff team for the next few years, at least the next few years. So that means yeah. that their first pick is going to be late mid to late second round which you're going all you're dropping all the way like 45 to 60 by then or even 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 later than 60 which i won't i'm not gonna say that yet but yeah just but then bill polian i know i i tweeted this out i think it was saturday bill polian once said rounds one through three are the easy picks to make rounds four through seven are the picks that make super bowl champions yeah that's true because if you can get a productive guy four through seven he's not Mm -hmm. only cheap but that is like you're it's huge just because I don't know. It's huge in multiple ways just because the contracts and just because picks picks four through seven or in the seventh or fourth round through seventh round 
you just hope maybe one a year turns into like something. Maybe mm-hmm. if you get two, if you get two, that's really good. Three is bonkers. Right. Yeah. It's just the the Patriots did that for so many years. Now I don't know what the hell they're doing. Draft wise. <laughs> I was just gonna say, <laughs> but, but I love Sean McVay. I love that video of Sean McVay <laughs> thinking, "Wow, we just wasted our time. We thought we can get him in the third round." <laughs> <laughs> and it was the uh, it was the quarterback that the Patriots took in the first round. I laughed yeah. so hard at that. But yeah. the, people would say, "Oh, that's the Patriot way." You can't use that excuse anymore. Like, what are you no. doing, Bill? Over the past few years, they've uh, they've not drafted well. You can no. just look at their receiving core. <laughs> exactly. Like they, they maybe so many receivers that none of them have. Paid you out. could also say though that maybe Tom Brady covered up a lot of those holes too, True. because he just yeah. made everyone better. Which yeah. hey, hopefully Deshaun Watson does right. too. That's yeah, you can actually lead into that. That's Deshaun Watson. Like, I'm comparing Deshaun Watson to Tom Brady, and you're comparing uh, <laughs> freaking Cade <laughs> York to Justin Tucker. Uh-oh. That's what we're doing here, man. Elite, elite talents we got on this team. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a different different style quarterback. We have an elite quarterback now that can actually hide, kind of make players around them better rather than the talent around him making the quarterback better, which we've had to deal with in the past few years. Uh, past, past, wait, past few 25 years? years? Past few 25 decades. Years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's going he's gonna to make the receivers better. He's going to make – he's just going to make it a lot easier for um, everybody on the offense. So it's going to be fun to see yes, when he's I... on the field. That's for another, no, we already had that conversation. We already that's, had the podcast. So we don't have to worry about it. I said that's for another conversation, but that's we already had that podcast. Yeah. Rev, so that's all the picks the Browns did. I mean, nothing mm-hmm. like too earth shattering or it's too exciting besides Perrin Winfrey's press conference and Instagram live video. Yeah. Just because I mean the Browns had didn't have a first round pick. They traded their second round pick. It just is what like we've been the same all this podcast. It's for depth purposes, and you're hoping that two, maybe three guys turn into something. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That's why that's why they kind of went with nine, nine guys this year rather than just kind of sitting there with seven. So it, it was a. Uh, when you look at it, that's why we can't make rash judgments right away. Uh, when you look at the whole, that's no thing. fun. I know, right? I still obviously would have liked someone. There's a few guys at 44 that I like, but. Overall, I understood it, and uh, I understand the, the the game plan there. Yeah, I completely agree. Any final thoughts regarding the NFL draft before we move on? Um, no, not really. I think overall I, I got annoyed by the constant Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I, I said this on the grievance pod last night, but God almighty. Just the constant every day. There was is he still on the Browns? I I literally have I no know, idea. Right? After watching the draft, right? Seriously, every time the Browns are on the clock. Oh, what, what are they going to do with Baker? Well, who cares? I, that's <laughs> why. Like, I love Baker. I really do. It. I'm. It sucks that it didn't work out. Just because he was an easy guy to right. root for until right. the end. Um, but he's gone. He's going to get traded. Right, he's not going to get cut. There's no, no, there's no point in cutting Baker Mayfield. Right, can we just can we just all wrap our heads around the fact that there's he's no not going to play Baker for the Mayfield. Browns. He's not going to play for the Browns, and there's no point in cutting him. I don't know how many times I heard Ian Rappaport just say they, he might actually stick around during training camp and play for the Browns. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably be the. Imagine that. <laughs> I can't believe that right? the uh, quarterback RV yet. <laughs> 
Like, even if Baker's still on the team, he's not gonna he's not gonna be right. at training camp. He's literally yeah. he's in Austin, Texas right now. He will be there until he gets traded. I can promise you that. Uh, yes, I can promise you that too. So yeah, <laughs> I, just like the whole and then secondly, cutting him. What does cutting him accomplish? You're still right. gonna pay the entire salary, which by yeah. the way, if the Browns tell a team that they're gonna pay for his entire salary for them to take them. They'll trade for him. I can promise you. Right. The Browns can at least get a sixth round pick if they pay for Baker Mayfield's entire eighteen million dollars right. salary. Yeah. So, like, I don't get why people think that he's going to get cut. It's not going to happen. Also, that like the deadline was somehow just this draft. Like, I yeah, like, exactly. You know, there's there's future drafts after this. It's <laughs> I, just, I know it's a wild thing. Worst, that... Literally, the worst case scenario is that he's still a Cleveland Brown after the season. Which means that they literally just paid him eight mil, eighteen million dollars to stay in Austin, Texas. Wow, what a freaking gig that is! Give me that. <laughs> I know, right? And then they get a comp, comp, uh, a comp pick for him when he get when he signs el- uh when he when he signs elsewhere as a free agent next year. So that's yeah. the, the worst case scenario is that they still get a draft pick for him even if they don't trade him. Which is like even when people suggest that he might get cut, I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. I know. It was it was just they had nothing else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, Please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. So, we obviously have more to talk about. The news that broke a little bit before we hopped on here. Hugh Jackson took another L as a head coach of the Cleveland Browns somehow. He finishes his Browns. I don't even know. He went like, let's see. Officially, he went three, three, 36 and one, two and a half years. That is wow. Three, he had three wins in two and a half years. That is crazy. So with the, the additional L, he finishes three, 37 and one as a Browns coach. We don't even need to, need to stress it, but the fact that he got the other African-American coaches cannot be happy no. that he embarrassed them in that lawsuit because he also said that the Browns paid him off to lose more games, right. and then he had no evidence. took it to the NFL, <laughs> had no evidence, and never met with investigators. Like, Hugh yeah. Jackson, what are you doing, man? Like, you're hurting, you're hurting the people that actually need – like, this is – this is an important situation, and, and he just, just like always, he sticks his head in the things that he shouldn't, and he just gets another L. <laughs> he's 
Little do we they're know. Like, Hugh Jackson, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that too. Little do we know that Hugh Jackson would still be catching L's even after leaving the Browns. The fact that he's a head coach, even at Grambling State, man. I'd, yeah, that's good luck. Good luck. Good luck. I'm so glad he's not with the Browns anymore, and I'm so glad right. that uh, that lawsuit that he filed that he had no evidence on and did not even meet with investigators because he knew that he had nothing right. is now nothing. Yeah, you you know it's bad when the team was like, "Yes, please, please investigate this, <laughs> please, yes, let, let's see it, let's let's see what we got here." <laughs> like yeah, NFL exactly. teams, NFL teams don't invite investigations often. <laughs> well, Jimmy Haslam does, but that's for another well, time. True. Oh man, we are not going back down that road. No. Undrafted free agents. It's a you hope to find a diamond in the rough out of the right. thousands that there are. Although I did see a stat, which I can't stand these stats. It was something like there are more undrafted free agents in the Hall of Fame than there are first overall picks. I'm like, well, yeah. yeah How many undrafted free agents are there every single year? And there's one. There's literally one first overall pick every year. That's I like know. saying there's more five. There's more three stars in the NFL than there are five star recruiting rankings well yeah there's only 20 to 25 five-star recruits every year there's a thousand three stars i, I just know. hate I, that i laugh at that every time like dude like what are we doing here it like obviously no there's like the one player is better because he's going first overall and he's not undrafted but there's a far greater chance just because of how many undrafted guys there are i'm not going to go through the full list just because like we said you hope to find one diamond in the rough, but the Browns are hoping to find one diamond in the rough for a guy that has not played a down of football since his freshman year of high school. He <laughs> played three years of basketball at VCU, transferred to Texas Tech, and played two years. Marcus Santos Silva. Yeah, played they are too. signing him as a tight end. He is a big boy, 6'7, 245. Yep. Please, please, please do not not, do not bring up Antonio Gates every time a basketball player signs (laughs) with the NFL team. Please don't. Because that's like I said, there are a thousand basketball players that have done that. There's only one Antonio Gates, NFL Hall of Famer, former Kent State basketball legend that went on, yeah, yeah, he went on to have a Hall of Fame career with the San Diego Chargers, San Diego Superchargers. But and there's literally no film on him. I like the fact that he's six seven two forty five. The Browns yeah. need a third tight end just because they yeah. are they haven't released Alex Hooper yet or Austin Hooper yet just because uh, he costs a lot less than the dead cap after June first. But they need a third tight end, so you might as well just go take a chance right. on some guys. Right? There's a there's a few guys actually on the undrafted kind of in that same obviously not not playing football for since high school, but uh, just kind of the, the freak athletes. There's a guy from Northern Iowa who, uh, if anyone looks at uh, Raz, the athletic testing uh, grade that um, is. I was literally utilized. just going to bring him up by the way. Right. Yeah. He's, he's, he's quite high on that, on that rating. And he, he's an interesting guy. Um, obviously Northern Iowa is not the biggest school in the world. So, his competition was a bit <laughs> lower, but uh, yeah, he's uh, there's just a few guys that are, those are the kind of things you, you kind of gamble on. You kind of gamble on the athleticism and hope you maybe have something. 
and Isaiah Weston. Uh, I'm on the page right now. Yeah. He led the FCS in yards per catch and had more receiving yards in 2021 than Christian Watson, who was a top, he was like the 11th or 12th receiver off the board, I think. Something, yeah. Um, I mean, I let's be honest. There's a reason why this guy went undrafted, but still. Weston is 6'4", 210. Ran a 4'4", leaped 40-inch vertical. I wish I could do that. 135-inch <laughs> broad jump and RAS score of 9.98. Yeah. So almost and, and that's out of 10. Yes, and that's out of 10. So just to give you a little baseline of what, what we're looking at. It's, so uh, um, unlike David Bell, he did test well. Yes. If you if you somehow put those two together, that's a that's a number one pick right there. <laughs> you're, hey, you're not wrong. <laughs> but, but um, like we said, undrafted free agents. There's why there's a reason why like every team signs so many guys. Like I said, there's a lot of there's probably Almost a thousand of them, I'd say, yeah. every year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just throwing on the list now. I think the just uh, sound like a 20. name. A name for fans. I know that he'll quickly become a preseason favorite of everybody. Is uh, Silas Kelly of Coastal Carolina? Just I just oh, want everybody the, just go Google him, Silas Kelly. Just Google. Is it him a picture? And, I'm trying to think of why I remember seeing. Is it a picture or a video? It's uh well he had a story he had a whole story on just his him and his the other linebackers. It's uh he's he's gonna be a fan favorite. I, I can quickly so Perry on Winfrey and Silas. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's uh he's gonna be a fan favorite uh pretty quickly. And there's a guy from Fisk, which I've never heard of ever. Where where where's Fisk? Is it Fisk. is that is it Frisk? Like they're gonna frisk you, or is it Fisk? I don't know. I've never heard of Fisk in my life. All right, no, hold on. Now I need to Google where Frisk is. Is it college or university? It just says Fisk. That's all it says. Oh, Fisk That's University, I, the okay. cornerstone of excellence in education. What state are we in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is. I feel like. Hold on. I sorry, guys. I'm googling because now I'm interested. Oh, Nashville, Tennessee. I bet you ah. like country music. Yeah, <laughs> that's you a plus cool. one in my book. <laughs> I know a lot of you are country music haters, but that's a plus one. But yeah, it is Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's the cornerstone of excellence in education over for yeah. over 150 years. Well, I wonder who they. I wonder what. Uh, they, it has to be Division. Division three, right? I would assume so. It has to be. I'm googling again. Oh, NAIA. Oh, so wow. they are technically D1, but they're NAIA. Yeah. Interesting. NAIA is more like kind of two and three ish yeah. <laughs> between that. Joe that Gilbert. Level. Joe Gilbert, who is Joe Gilbert, the podcaster's dad, said Dustin yeah. Crump did the Browns. He went to the Chiefs. The Chiefs, yeah. So for those of you unfamiliar, Northeast Ohio's own Dustin Crum, he went, started at Midview, went to... Started there. I think he went somewhere else, and then he went to Kent. I think he transferred... I think he went straight to Kent. But he? Yeah, he, Either way, yeah. he dom- I mean, not dominated at Kent, but he played really well at Kent, at yeah. least for the last year. He made year Kent good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... There, Dustin Crum, the next Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> They're grooming him down there. <laughs> oh, man. All right, but we talked – Any? 
anything to look forward to in the near future in the offseason besides Jadavian Clowney signing, which I think will happen sooner rather than later. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. Right. I know. Yeah, I I think just kind of watching for um, filling out this roster. Um, There's a few spots, maybe getting a receiver, maybe a third tight end, um, maybe a obviously a edge rusher. Um, so just kind of look at look at those uh, situations because there's it's kind of weird this year. There's still a lot of free agents left. Um, like the edge rusher, there's a lot of veterans. Just not even Jadavion Clowney. There's quite a few. So um, I would just keep an eye on that. Um, and then uh, the I think the schedule comes out what May twelfth something a couple weeks. That uh, is. Yes, it's May twelfth. That's someone asked me when the NBA draft lottery was, and I was like, "All right, it's either May twelfth or May fourteenth, but I can't think of why the other date was in my head." Yes, May twelfth, NFL schedule, so it's Tuesday. NBA draft lottery, which is important for the Cavs because they're going to get the number one overall pick with the fourteenth best odds in the worst of the NBA drafts. May fourteenth, so that is a very important week. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see the obviously we know the opponents, but we'll see how many prime time games we have, and um, just the other thing, kind of you don't want to look forward to is just seeing if Deshaun Watson gets his uh, gets any any resolution or whatever his situation is. It's Probably kinda, not going to happen. That's only ten days right. now. Yeah. It's just, and then maybe whatever the NFL wants to do with them. So it'll be interesting to see just what's going on there. Um, yeah, just stuff to take a look at. And and we're almost, what, two months away? May, June, July. They start, what, July, I think, usually? Yes. Yeah, so, so. two months away, which is wild. Yeah, because it's weird. It's wild, too, because, like, like, it's summer, and then it's a Hall of Fame game, and you're like, holy cow, it's almost <laughs> season. I know, right? You always know when the summer's about to end. When, uh, when because the Hall of Fame game is literally like the training camp starts Thursday, Hall of Fame game yeah. s- Saturday. I'm like, <laughs> no wonder. Okay. It, by the way, there are betting odds out for the Hall of Fame game already. I'm like, are you that like I'm a degenerate, but I'm not that big of a degenerate. <laughs> like, you don't even know who's gonna play. <laughs> like, like, what third shooters are gonna play for one and right. two? It's literally like three months, four months away, three months away. Right. Especially now, like, like none of the starters play preseason hardly anymore. Hold on, I'll I'll literally tell you the odds right now for who they. I think have it, who is it? Is it Pittsburgh? Who is? It? Oh, Pittsburgh was last year, wasn't it? Oh, who I forget who it is this year. Fun. I'll tell you. There's odds out already. Is it an AFC North team or is it not? I forget. Jaguars versus Raiders. <laughs> Raiders are favored by one and a half somehow. So the Raiders third trainers and fourth trainers and fifth trainers are favored by one and a half. Too bad Herb's not back. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but why the Raiders versus Jaguars? By the way, that is such a gross matchup. Usually, usually they do something. It's like whoever made the class. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Whole thing. I, I was can't think of who made the class. No Jaguars did. I know that. I don't. Unless it's a really old time guy. Let's see. It wouldn't be like Charles Woodson because he already got in it. I honestly have no idea. Let's see. Because it was Pittsburgh last year, which obviously brought in a ton of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of that was one of the. I think it was because they joined so many guys together. Oh, there is a Jaguar on this. Really? Oh, oh. Tony Tony Vaselli. He's. An I apologize, Brian. Yeah. I just 
Like that brings yeah. me no excitement. At least where like with the Steelers, you, you like have like old time football. Jaguars Raiders, a team that <laughs> moved from their city of Oakland, and the Jaguars who are like fighting for the number one pick. Seems like every year they're like the new Browns. Yeah, and then Cliff Branch and oh Richard Seymour also played for the Raiders. Oh yes, you're right. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Just Cliff Branch on that. Such a boring matchup. <laughs> I really want to do. I really want to ask people if, like, I I just can't believe that there are already there's already a Hall of Fame game spread. <laughs> Who, who's the favorite right now? Oh, uh, my bad. Uh, Las Vegas minus one and a half. See, I would actually Man, go easy with money. the Jaguars. I would go with the Jaguars maybe because. I feel Just like their players actually... are so bad that they might play the starters. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like they actually like we actually might see Trevor Lawrence out on the field. <laughs> Jaguars yeah. first teamers are yeah, that is true though. It's just be it's crazy to me. And they have an over under, over under a 33 and a half. How do you know when it's literally gonna be 90% of guys that might not even make the team? Yeah. I don't know. 33 and a half, that's that's, That's a little low. low, I would say. That must be history. It must be a low. Lo- it must always be the Hall of Fame game is low scoring. But <laughs> yeah, so. we are always hashtag take the over at this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I feel like because no one plays and the offenses can't do anything, so that's why. Man, how did we even get into the discussion of the Hall of Fame game? By the way, oh, because we were talking about training the offseason. Yes, yes. So I was thinking that we wouldn't be on here for a few weeks, but. Joe and I will, will probably be with you. We'll play a little schedule game. Yeah. Or at least go over the schedule. I think yeah. it's May 12th. I think it's the NFL schedule's May 12th. NBA draft lottery's the 17th. I don't think I said May 12th, May 14th. Or I think it's the 12th and the 17th. Thursday, Tuesday, maybe? Would that, that would line up correctly? Yeah, schedule release is Thursday, May 12th. All right. So the draft lottery is uh, Tuesday, May 17th. Yeah, I know it's that following week because it lines up yeah. with me and uh, Tuesday, May 17th. Seth. Yeah, I say it lines up with me and Seth doing it every other week, Cavs cast. <laughs> so, yeah, Joe and I will be at Tuesday. It will probably get released. I'm soon. They'll probably do like a freaking three hour long show to release some <laughs> damn schedules because it's the NFL. And we will <laughs> too here at Wedding next year. <laughs> but I, I don't know what time. If it's a seven o'clock, hold on. Now we have to NFL schedule release. I think it's eight. I think it said. Yeah, eight eight o'clock is what the show is, but it usually, you know, it usually gets leaked out. True, to- true. So if so. it gets if the whole schedule gets leaked out, we will be on with you May twelfth. So I would I would go. We'll just look for us around seven and eight. We'll we'll be yes, somewhere around. But there. at the worst, it will be May thirteenth. It'll be the next right. night. We'll get on here and talk Browns. Talk how they signed Judavian Clowney, knock on wood. Yes. Um, talk how they signed Will Fuller, knock on wood. And then we'll talk NFL, we'll play the NFL schedule game and talk about how the Browns are going to go 17 and 0 in the regular season. Yeah. Super Bowl. Super, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Browns. Super Browns. Shout out to Ken Carmen. <laughs> Always. He's my favorite sports guy. One of yes. my favorite. My bad. Kenny wrote yes. it. If Kenny Rota is listening, Kenny's my favorite <laughs> wow. too. Wow. Until Kenny they Rota. just threw Kenny Rota under the bus. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. You're, so any final thoughts? On his show again. No, I'll be on his show. I'll have State <laughs> football season. <laughs> any final thoughts though? 
No, it was uh, it was an interesting draft, kind of boring, obviously early on, but um, overall, it was they made good selections. Um, and yeah, I kind of like that they got some steals later on, and they addressed their needs, which was which is good to see. Always good depth and address their needs. Can't ask for much more than that when you don't have a first round pick and you traded your second round pick for three picks that I really like. Honestly, trading forty four kind of stunk. Just because you were literally getting an even later pick than you already had your first one. Mm-hmm. But I like the three players they got for pick 44. So I'm yeah. all for it looking back. Hopefully that turned yeah. out to be a reality. Yep. I don't really have much final thoughts. I'm glad. Like I said, Joe Gilbert is the real MVP at Waiting for Next Year. <laughs> he covered the entire draft all weekend. I told him I'd be around to help, and I was zero help. So there we go. <laughs> but for the. <laughs> For those someone, had to, that, someone had to go to the wedding. Someone yeah, damn, had to. damn people getting married. What the hell? I think I had a wedding last year during the draft. Or it was actually after, but yeah. And now that you think, I think you did because I covered some I, of the draft picks. Yeah. Not looking back. <laughs> but for those of you that joined us live, we appreciate it. Uh, Joe Gilbert was Joe Gilbert, the dad, was the only one that commented. But please always yeah. comment, ask questions. Yes. We'll future you, I promise, unless it's. Dave Sterling asking weird questions that sometimes take. Hey, maybe we will answer those questions. <laughs> sometimes, send, if send they're appropriate. Questions. If they're appropriate, we will. It has to be PG-13. Yes. Like, Josh, why do you like Chipotle? I would future that and tell you why I like Chipotle and why Michael <laughs> Bode's a hater. Mo- Michael Bode, my bad. Michael Bode's a hater and doesn't like Michael Chipotle. Bode. Wow. <laughs> hater. Hater. <laughs> Too much haterade. But seriously. <laughs> If you join us live, we appreciate it. We always appreciate you. And if you're listening to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, we always appreciate that as well. We will be back with you in either 11 or 12 days, either May 12th when the schedule release happens, if it gets leaked early, or May 13th the following day. So either two weeks from – no. I'm now I'm – so, Yeah. May just say May twelfth or May thirteenth. We'll be back with you. I was thinking two weeks from tomorrow, but literally it's already freaking May first. This year is right? by. I know. I couldn't believe yesterday was May first. Yeah, I know, <laughs> dude. We're already four months into this year. <laughs> so, thank you. We wherever you listen to us, whether it's live or podcast form, we always appreciate it. And we'll, Joe and I will be back with you May twelfth or May thirteenth to t- play a little schedule game and talk about how the Browns are going to the Super Bowl and going to sixteen zero. Yep. Like always, and as usual, go Browns. Go Browns. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on.